on this episode of Quantum Week, June 20th through 26th, 1982. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about uh, movies, music, our stories from the time. Um, and we are in June of 1982 talking Blade Runner and Rosanna by Toto. Right. Do you have anything we need to get into off the you top? You want to talk about next week already? Or do you yeah, let's do that. All right. Yeah, we got a pretty, pretty well... <laughs> I, I think our podcast is becoming uh, Rich Keefe's The Dork Podcast. <laughs> awful Rich Keefe. By the way, Rich Keefe uh, yep. sucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we're next week we are going to do... Uh, the Patreon show will be uh, Black Hawk Down. Another Ridley really Scott film. Another Ridley Scott film. Yep. But the, uh, the main, uh, the free show will be uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Fellowship of the Rings. So, so we're right. following a Blade Runner with Lord of the Rings. So if you live in your mom's basement, this is the, the month for you here on Quantum Week. Oh, a little bit of uh, foreshadow into uh, what we're going to get into uh, today. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Never been more excited driving to, to do this show. Uh, Chris is really tired today. It is it's 10 not just tired. It's not just tired. 10 o'clock it's, in the morning. I'm tired, of, uh, I'm tired of thinking about Blade Runner. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was 24 hours. 48 hours. And then it's over it's for enough. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we can we can get into it. But yeah, so that should be, as all kidding aside, I mean, it's, or the Rings is a, a pretty, big movie, yeah. pretty, pretty huge. Right. So hopefully that should be a fun show next week. Cool. Blade Blade Runner. Sure. And I watched the final cut. So I there's like a nine million versions of this. I watched the original theatric like we always do in the show. Yeah, well, we talked about this last time I was going to. So free on <laughs> HBO Max is the final cut. And it's the one that Ridley Scott had his hands in the entire way through. So it's his artistic vision of this. Um, there is the director's cut, which weirdly enough does not have like his artistic right, vision. Right. It's got a, a, it's a like different five ending. Different versions of this movie. There are. And it's really kind of annoying. Luckily. So in this version, this one came out he finalized this one in maybe 2007, but all the effects are the same. Like he didn't do any, he didn't do any crazy monkey business with like putting all the CGI crap in like right, he didn't do star it, Wars yeah, did George Lucas did. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Lucas. So he, you know, he stayed with the artistic vision, which, um, I commend him for, uh, cause sometimes you can look back at these movies and be like, Ugh. but I commend him for that. And it doesn't have the VO. Did the version that you have yes, ha- has Harrison has Ford, the Marlowe ish. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, and I, and I, I, you know why it went in there. I mean, the studio was so worried well, that people wouldn't understand what the film was about. They're that, not wrong to be worried that there's no, nothing's explained very well. I mean, this this movie is not a good movie. Oh, it's a very good movie. It's not. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, good. It's really not. It's really. Uh, I do not like this movie uh, at all. It was oh, a bore. It everyone was a on the planet besides you will disagree with you on this one. This oh, is sorry, a very good movie. Uh, everyone on the planet is going to disagree with you on this. That's one. That's not the case. I've got a lot of people find I mean, it's boring. Maybe just don't talk about it, but this is a boring movie. Okay, you could say. All right, there's definitely some. Uh, right, it characters get, drop in and out with no explanation. No, I don't they don't. Think so. This is a movie that cares about effects, and that's about it. No, I think it cares about it cares the about story the world too. that it's created. And other than that, it doesn't give a shit about a story. It doesn't give a shit about the characters. It's it's this is a really deeply flawed movie. The world is 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 very especially for its time. It's yeah, very impressive. It's, the effects are for its time are really good. Yeah, as I was saying in the Batman Batman movie, maybe only that one is more iconic in terms of a setting uh, than Blade Runner for me. Like this is you know that that place. And the difference between Batman so and this movie is Batman's entertaining. Like the characters are entertaining. They, it's there's there's a mix of things that can bring you. Whether it be a little bit of suspense or more like comedy, there's just there's a lot of stuff going on. It's just this movie is just such a drab, 
dragged through the mud. It's just, it's just like, oh, so you put me there. Like, I don't care. Put me in that future and I would you thrive in that future. future shit. It's not just future shit. It's also, I don't, I didn't, I, I think Rudger Hauer's character is very cool and very good. I, I also agree. Think, he was the best. That was yeah. the best character. And I, I like Harrison Ford in this movie too. Oh, no, well, the thanks. hard part with the hard part is are you know, is the unanswered quite well, it's, it's been answered now, but is he a replicant or not? Does he have empathy? Like, how do we, you know, what is he? Is he part robot or not? And he acts like a robot. It's because he is. I mean, he is a replicant. That's the deal. But he didn't know that on set, though. Like, he thought he he perceived it as being human, which is wild. Because I don't know if Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford is the humanity in Star Wars. He is. And he's uh, a really fun character, Indiana Jones. Like, other than that, like, man, can he, does he ever walk through movies sometimes? Like, I don't think he walked through this oh, one I at can all. Tell you, the whole time, he's fighting Ridley Scott the whole time on set. Yeah. And you can see it in his performance. He just fucking checks out. I don't think he checked out oh, this at all. Oh, give me a no. break. Well, okay, you're just making excuses because you like this fucking, because you like the future. The fucking. It's not just about the future. because like, I, I like the, the film future. The future's no, hopeful. It's not and just, then the next no. thing you know. Uh, no, all yeah, it's very easy to put that in a little box. That's yeah, you but that's not You like the future because hopeful. This is like a fucking dreadful future. I'm giving you a little bit of a foundation to know where I'm coming coming from the foundation of in general the future in general the idea of the future is hopeful it's optimistic the fact that there is a future is optimistic i mean if we were all blown up the planet didn't exist anymore that would be or you have to watch this fucking movie anymore that'd be a plus well you don't have to you're done oh, so wait so how, off the bat what are you gonna are you not gonna thumbs up this movie no thumbs down d plus baby <laughs> such a horrible at best, take at best that, and that's a, a bad take that's <laughs> <laughs> it's a good take. That's a bad take. No, it's not. That is the that is one of your worst takes. Oh, like this is better than Superman the movie. <laughs> it is. No, it's, it's a not. better movie. It's nowhere near as entertaining. It's, it's nowhere near as interesting. It is, it is definitely oh, as interesting. Ter- you just don't like the mood. You don't like. You don't like sitting there if the mood is a little bit down. It's not true. I you don't mean, like melancholy. We talk about like no. This is Road Traditions, one of one of my favorite movies. You don't like melancholy. I just fucking, you, I just <laughs> fucking blew the Shining for fucking an hour and a half. That's not melancholy. No, 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 there's a difference. That is like terrorizing yes. and crazy. Yes. This is melancholy. You don't like melancholy. Melancholy. You don't like melancholy. It's fucking boring. You, I, you just, Let's call a spade a spade. I, I get it's it. It's a boring I get it, I get movie. It. It's not. There are. Okay, it does drag a little bit. In time. I absolutely agree. That's why this is not an A movie, but it does drag in times. But the but it's just the the overwhelming feeling of that time, too. It's not just the it's 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 not just shown in pictures. It's not just shown with the smog covering LA, it's also in the vibe of the the narrative too. And noir does that a lot too. I mean, Chinatown's like yeah, that for a large there's, portion. There's of it. good noir and there's bad. Double Indemnity is amazing. It's a yeah, great noir. It's, it's it's very entertaining. It's it's interesting. It's tragic. There's stuff there. This you you just don't care as much as you should because like the Rutger Hauer stuff that is a really it's a really sad it is the sad but the way this is written. And the dialogue and the time you spend with the characters, which is not enough in this no, case. It's and it's just like, you just don't give a shit. I just didn't care. Ah, oh, I cared when he was confronting his maker. I didn't. And the hopelessness there and the, and the, the, the hubris of Tyrell to be, to think that Rudger Howard is just going to accept, ah, you're just going to burn bright for a little bit of time and then you're going to die. Like right. to expect. And that was one of the better scenes in the movie. Absolutely. I agree. It's although you don't, although it even ends weird that he crushes his skull. Because, you don't yeah, really see him. it. Oh no, you see him put his fingers in his eyes. Maybe I know it was a different... you do see it, but you don't. Oh, but he's dead. Like, but like, I know he's dead, but like, what a, what a weird way to kill someone. It's like, this is strange, but whatever. Well, I, so I, intimate. That's one of the least complaints I have. But no, that was actually a good scene. In fact, that scene left me kind of frustrated because I'm like, oh, this is the better story. Like, I wish we had this story more than 
Harrison Ford playing Private Eye, or the fuck Rick Deckard is doing this boring. Rick Deckard's going and hunting the replicants. Oh, no thanks. We don't get a lot of the backstory. Show me the replicants. You know, Westworld does this so much better. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're talking you know forty years in the well, future. Well, oh, we're not really because Westworld the movie came out before this. Yeah, I know so... Westworld the movie, and that's not very good. Have you seen that movie? I have a long it's, time it's, ago. I mean, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It was all over HBO. I think when we were kids, it's Crichton. Yeah. That's a Crichton. Brenner, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's a little. I mean, it frightened me as a kid, but it's, but it's think, a little beat up. But regardless of when. Westworld HBO came out. I'm t- t- not taking the effects aside. Sure, no, sure, sure. Well, the effects in Blade Runner for its time are, it's are, are really very good. good. Really good. Um, you know, it, it's really he ma- he made a really cool world for yeah. sure. Um, and that's why this isn't an F. That's why I'm not saying this is trash. Yeah, it's not trash because of because of that. Um, but uh, with that scene, you have you know, and you you see it in Westworld. You have like their androids kind of confront the Anthony uh-huh. Hopkins character. You know, yep. it's the same kind of uh, deal there, but you care so much obviously you have more time to spend with them because it's whatever a 12 episode run but i i just wish you got rid of all the deckard stuff and just had the rudger hauer and whatever the replicant side and i wish the replicants just weren't like just so like kind of blatantly evil rudger hauer's character isn't he's, no, little, he's not he's not yeah but that other guy the, who the movie opens with was leon, it? I leon think. Yeah. like what are we doing like, yeah. like and that guy's a good actor um, well, that's the thing with that was the point of of Roger Howard's character is um, he's a step above. Yeah, he's baddies, the Nexus Six. So yeah. he ha- he learns uh, emotion as he goes. So his experiences dictate his empathy level. Right. And you know, he in war he saw a lot of bad. He did and saw a lot of bad shit. And right. so that that changed him a bit. I mean, he's still a violent guy, but you even see him make a choice at the but end to be the, the movie- android of peace. I know this movie is obviously a, a sci fi classic. AFI has it. Is. it AFI yeah. is a sixth among science fiction movies. Like all time like they you know people love this movie i i get it i think a lot of the love is um revisionist history a bit like you read ebert's review ebert puts this in his great movies and that's not how he took it when he first and saw it's it. bullshit you read yeah. his great movies and you can tell he's just doing it for the for yeah. fan service. i'm not gonna do that for fan service yeah. like this movie is no, not I good yeah I, I honestly believe that and i'm gonna stick with that sure um but i would have much preferred a movie that just shows rucker howard's journey i think it would have been so much more tragic you would have it would you would have meant so much more to you you say like I I don't like melancholy. I don't mind melancholy at all. I don't, I don't like when you don't when the movie doesn't give a fuck about the character. It does give a fuck you. about the character. It doesn't. It does. It does not care about the. Rick but Deckard you also character. have to look at the source materials a lot different. Like you make the you make the the comp between between Westworld and this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's Michael Crichton's writing, who's an optimistic libertarian futurist writer. Where Philip K. Dick is a you know monolith like anti-establishment. Really, seeing. I mean, he's suicidal. You know, he's. Oh, I'd he be too if I, if I wrote this. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I've read it too. Have you? Have you read? I've not. I've not. Well, that's the. Well, other it's, thing. It's, uh, does Android? It's, do Androids dream of electric sheep? Yeah. It's his writing. I've read too. I also read Man in the High Castle a long time ago. I just uh, he's not for me though. He's well, he did Minority Report too, didn't oh, he? And you wrote that. I don't, I don't really the, like that. Movie. He's one of the most influential uh, sci-fi writers ever. But if you just look at Scanner Darkly, too, is his. A bu- um, Total Recall is his. Yeah. Tons of. Which Total uh, Recall to me is the best of those movies. I like Total and Recall. And I like That's Minority Report more than this. I don't really like Minority Report either, but I, I like it more than this. Okay, I get it. But he, if you look at his style of writing, the way that he writes, it's it doesn't define, it doesn't have as much definitive moral compass as something that Crichton writes. It's a, it's I don't a need totally a moral different... compass. I need to care about what I'm watching. His, his characters are really blurry in his writing too. Like it's, it's almost, it's almost like things kind of start to come into a fur into focus. And then he, and then he blurs it away. You, you never really, it's the way that it, his perspective is, it's, it's not 
it doesn't touch the characters very well. It's just his writing. It's if, if you don't like that, then I can understand why you would. I like mean, this. a good screenwriter should go in and then clean that shit up for a movie. Then, yeah, like, they I do. The fucking, it is, you know, it, it is considerably different, but the mood is very similar. Great. I, I, I okay. I'm sorry you don't like it, but I so I like Harrison's Ford character. I I don't think he's sleepwalking through this at all. I think he oh, does a good job. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Check. Watch his performance, Indiana Jones, which is which oh, came out different. the year before this. And then watch the first one and then watch this movie. And like, this guy does not, this guy is like, I'm mad at Ridley Scott. I don't give a fuck. When we get through this, I wanted to come here because I like the themes of it. Then you probably read this muddied script with these like underdeveloped characters. Like what the fuck am I Are doing? Are you putting words in Harrison or Harrison Ford's mouth? Harrison Ford and Ridley Scott fought on set. Yeah. That's a fact. Was it over the, the, uh, was it over the script? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they, but it was a weird thing. It's weird too. Like they, and they both are like, oh no, we get along well now, but we didn't then. Like they both agree that they had horrible fights on set, but they both seem to agree that they're both like cool now. Have they done anything since? I don't, I don't think I so, right? I Which tells so. me they're not that cool, right? Because yeah, right. Ridley Scott is prolific. Like, oh, absolutely. He has two movies coming out this year. The guy's yeah. a million years old, and he has one of them is the, uh, we talked That's about it before. That's the Matt Damon, uh, Ben Affleck movie? The, the one that they wrote. Yeah. Damon and Affleck wrote, we talked about it in the town episode. Right. Uh, Adam Driver's in that as well. And then he's oh, also yeah. doing another Adam Driver movie, which I'm excited about, the uh, movie about Gucci. Yes. Um, with Vady Gaga. Right. So he has, he doesn't have, he doesn't have two movies coming out this year. Right. He has like two of the biggest yeah. movies coming out. He is out. prolific. Yeah. Yeah. He's so done the fact that he never worked with Harrison Ford again tells that me that. That is a little that, weird. Nah. Yeah, probably not as cool. Yeah. I mean, Harrison yeah. Ford's stuck doing like Call of the Wild uh, <laughs> remakes. <laughs> oh, Harry. It isn't, well, I, I don't want to get into the sequel at all because I haven't seen it and I don't want to talk about it. Of 2049? Yeah. Yeah. You've not seen it, right? Yeah, I have. He was, Do you, I guess you it. get recommended or not, I guess. Is, we'll leave it at that and move on. But. Of that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Recommend it. Yeah. Recommend Very well done. And I like Villain Wave, the uh, the director. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, he I, his visuals are amazing. I, yeah. I have some issues Similar with some, thing. some of his stuff, too. But Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to this. So uh, one thing the movie does um, well, I guess, is the casting. I think, I think it's other than Harrison Ford. I think it's cast pretty well. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, I think Sean Young for the role it is. She does great. She does a really good. I think the role is really poorly written, but I think she does a well, nice she's job. She's a robot. I know, Matt, but they, they don't. It's it, there's nothing there. There's a problem. Is a lot of these characters they're four years old, the oldest, so there's nothing there. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, yes. Or, or or memories from somebody else, whatever. But maybe explore those memories more. You can have. You know, you could have a science fiction movie that takes place in the future that also has interesting dialogue. I swear to God, filmmakers, you can really do this. It, it really is. It's not <laughs> impossible. Just because the future doesn't mean people stop speaking. I know what that's all about. I think that's... And I don't know why people who are... And I, I'll lump you in here if you want. You, you, might, you may disagree. <laughs> These weirdly social people who have, like, real, like, disconnect with, with people... Uh, who, uh, Love these movies. Yeah, but sometimes I know you're a real dialogue guy, and I like di- I like snappy dialogue, too. <laughs> but not all movies are are Sorkin. Like it's not all like that. But, you Some, can, but, but, the, but wait, wait, wait. No, there's layers to the film. Okay, there are the visual aspects of the film. There's the audio aspects of the film, the score, and then there's also the narration and the acting. So you're, you're yeah, it's the it's distant the whole third thing. and fourth. On that list. Yeah, well, some movies prioritize differently. No, if you prioritize a score over dialogue and characters I'm in your movie, say- you're making the mix <laughs> wrong, I'm motherfucker. I'm not saying that that's you're what You're not doing is. it right. You, it doesn't... No, I mean, some... You're putting in 12 pounds of sugar like the weight of water, no there's, there's like, or uh, what's or Babel. Like, there's a ton of movies out there. Or The Tree of Life. Like, there are a ton of artistic movies that are... Yeah, The Tree of Life I don't like Babel movies either. I, well, yeah, I, don't like nice. I, I haven't seen... I, I haven't... There's a bunch I haven't seen. But yeah, I they don't always fit for me. But but this doesn't need a ton of dialogue it either. Really it really does. Sets, <laughs> you need to care about the characters. Well, uh, so I didn't see what the VO of this... You thought the VO was dumb. Oh, it's awful. Is it awful? It, does it help? Well, 
Uh, no, no. It should. It need. It needs something though. It yeah. needs. It does. It does need. It really. The voiceover is annoying because it's like also rubbing your face that it's noir. It's like we get. Yeah. It. Right, right. Enough. You don't need it. Um. And Harrison Ford didn't want to do it. He famously had to go in there and do it, and he was miserable the entire time. So he's completely checked out reading the narration. You can tell he's still give a fuck. And so it's like half-hearted Rhett. It's like it's like yeah. not like fun like Ray Royetta in uh in Goodfellas, Goodfellas which yeah. is like this the funnest narration ever. Right. It's it's just really just like this drab. It's already a drab movie as it is, and now you have this drab narration. You're like, oh god, no one wants to be. Well, clearly Scott didn't want it either. Scott didn't want it either. He didn't want it in there either. No, he didn't. No, so no, no. Yeah, he famously fought. And and I think maybe that's where they had. They don't don't quite say that, but Mm -hmm. I think that might have been their come to Jesus moment a little bit. But of course, that happened well in their post. Sure, the movie was already done, and then they brought Harrison Ford back to do this. uh, And they both seem to agree that it shouldn't have been in there. And really, it's probably too early in his career to to win that battle either i uh, yes that's exactly yeah. what happened but right. you know later on Coming 10 years alien, later which is a huge hit but and mm, that's why still, they, and that's yeah. why they gave him a big budget for this but yeah. you're right at some point the studio still wants that control speaking of this movie did not make a lot of money no no which is that's not what i would have expected in in like retrospect this is just in our zeitgeist yeah it, well we got this cult following i mean i know we, we talked about with shiny a little bit yeah. uh where some movies just do better as time goes on and this movie does have that mystery element of is deckard a, a replicant or not so then you can kind of like it has kind of a rewatchable element to it, it i guess i'm not for me i hope i never fucking see this fucking thing again but i, I can I, that part is interesting to some extent yeah um i think it is also quite humorous to me that harrison ford's acting is so bad that, that is the debate <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is four years old we don't know Roger howard's warmer than harrison ford in this movie oh i, oh, yeah, I mean yes 10 times I, know. I mean it's like that's the thing i remember i was watching this and i'm I'm like you know what i care who am i rooting for here like during the final showdown i'm like i i know how it ended because i'd I'd watched this movie before uh but i'm like i i'm kind of pulling for how to pull this off somehow yeah i can see that because i don't because this is like rick why should i care about rick deckard like why should i give a shit i don't know because he's harrison ford all right beyond that right yeah we don't get a lot of backstory there but we don't get right we don't get backstory on anything like we don't see any of the the you know the war stuff that happened you just sort of have to accept that that the replicants went through all this stuff that they were colonizing you know different planets and why stuff, is and harrison ford a rep- why is he doing this job i don't know why is he still on earth even too because most people most people on earth had left which i also think is is okay i uh so this movie takes place 40 years in the future yeah i mean it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, that's, that's pretty stupid it is right it's pretty dumb well same thing with 2049 too it's kind of that doesn't matter i don't talk about that i'm just saying it's the same it's the same thing like they didn't fix it on the on the sequel either right like but the time just, still doesn't make sense. But it, like 40 years, we have flying cars and I mean, no one's on earth. And then if there's no one's on earth, why are we advertising stuff? Well, things, I mean, it's just, a, it's, like, it's, it's a smaller population. Yeah, but like they said, it's all like losers. People, well, yeah, some of them. Well, or I mean, maybe like kingmakers and losers. You know, you have the big corporations and then you have the mm. proletariat who's they living want, in the dirt. And they want those people to drink Coke. I think so. And yeah. eat whatever they And eat. some pills, I think. There's yeah. A, yeah, there's a woman pills. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I think there's enough people here. There's probably some overpopulation. But we have no stuff. idea. We have no, no idea one's getting nothing. Not it really explained or. Just I wonder like, if they oh. expected the people would listen, would read the the book too. That's, that's a big ask. It is a big ask. I don't know how famous Phil K. Dick was at that time. I, I, think, I, people, would, I think the movie should be able to stand on its own a little bit. I would think so. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And it doesn't. So. It's not, <laughs> not great. There's a lot of and that's the thing is like I think they tried to throw a bunch of they cared so much about the mood and about the the world. That just, they, you, it's just so blatantly obvious. They just didn't give a fuck about major things like character, 
characters' justifications. They care about the justifications of the replicants more than the humans or whatever Deckard's supposed to be. Yeah, you don't really meet a lot of humans, though, right? You only leave, you get Tyrell. You understand why he's doing what he's doing. You even get that with a JS guy. Okay, you well, let's, let's, take, let's take the police then Deckard, chief. Right. Okay, the police chief, sure. right? He tells Deckard, he kind of like tells him, oh, you have to do this. Yeah, we're pulling you, you in have- from retirement. Right. Oh, okay, sure. And uh, why was he retired? We don't know. No, never really understood. What is he doing when he's retired? We don't know. It isn't, isn't really explained. But he, they bring him back in, and they, he kind of like um, uh, uh, blackmails him. He does. But we don't really. He's like, he's we don't know why. Him. He's done some bad shit, we think. But the we thi- don't know what. Is he, uh, no, but the reason. So the reason why it's blurry is because he's a replicant and he doesn't have memories past. He doesn't really. He wasn't alive more than the you know, three years memories ago. he has. They must have that on file. Oh, I know. But the, I think the police chief knows that he's a replicant, but he That's, does not know. Fine, but you can manipulate the memories that Deckard does have. What I'm saying is like, it would have been, yeah, it would have been nice if they showed us the reasons why, but they're explaining that, you know, they're, they don't, they're not showing, they're not showing us, but we know that Harrison Ford has some guilt over some shit, but he's a replicant. So we're not seeing it. That makes sense. It, the, the fact that you have to then sort of explain it, but you don't really know, and we're kind of both guessing, is sign that the script sucks. I guess sometimes I can go in and not have to know all the all the, like the backstory. Like we're seeing a snippet of time. If you're going to show me a scene where he's going to blackmail him, we have to understand why he's blackmailing him. That's fair. That is fair. Don't have the fucking scene. That's why I'm not giving it a That's why I'm not giving it a Tired. Why not just have him? He be did some on bad shit. We don't know. But but we don't know anything. So he, I think he was having existential crisis. He they do he does bring it up a little bit because he's talking about the existential crisis. Oh, Rachel asked him, "Have you ever killed a human?" Right, and he said no. So we know that his his history is marred with him just like destroying replicants, and which he has no problem doing throughout the film. Cut. He, he does the well. It's because he's being blackmailed, I think. Okay, well, we don't know. We don't know. Do you know. see how, like, none of this shit, if you think about it for half a second, if you, if you just, and I know a lot, you know, if you love the movie, and like I said, you maybe, you know, you live in the mom's basement, you know, get out of the basement for a second. Get some fresh air, get some sunlight, and think about the movie for a second. Be like, all right, well. I think things are explained throughout the movie. We're not getting the, exp- the explanation of the history, but that's very similar to, to Philip K. Dick's model. Like that's his, his, it's uh, not a, 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 a blueprint for a good movie. Hey, all I'm saying is I understand that's why I'm not giving this an A movie. Oh, I'm not an A for them. I told you I'm really? not giving it an A. Yes. What are you giving? This? We talked, we, I've said this three times now. I'm not giving it an A, probably a B plus. Oh my God. I'm shocked. It's not an A. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an, it's not an amazing film. It's not an elite film. Won't hit my top twenty. Won't hit maybe my oh. top thirty-ish. I thought you liked this movie a lot. I do. I think you love this movie. I like a lot about this movie. I thought you like loved it, loved it. I see. I haven't seen it in a long time. The last one I saw did have did have an alternate ending. I see. I can't remember now. They're all, it's all fuzzy. Another seen, sign of a great movie too, by the way. When you I've have seen, to make like nine versions of this fucking. Thing. Well, I, I believe that this is the one that I watch is the Scott version. I'm, I'm sure it is, but like, it was just like, all right. Why, why? I think the studio was meddling. I think they were really concerned at the time. And they yeah, I think you're right. The movie they had should a not huge budget, $30 million, which was... Um, Big at the time, especially for sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, because what they make... I, I and mean, we talk about like Bruce Brothers, how like that had all these crazy things. Oh that God. was about $30 million budget too, which, yeah. and remember the studio was pulling their hair out. So I agree. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd rather... I rather trust that Scott wants this version, uh, but and I like this version a lot better than the one with the vo- the VO, which was probably the original one that I saw. I've seen multiple. Oh, because in in film class in college too, I think I saw multiple endings of, of this. Mm. But I like this version of the best of, of the ones that I've seen. And maybe you should rewatch it and, and go and see. Oh what yeah, you're right on that. <laughs> that, that but that, that'll there, never happen. but there's so much of it: the mood of the film, the direction of the film, the fucking the setting of it. The Vangelis score is goddamn off. This is one of my favorite scores 
forever. This is Snyder stealing from this score for all the Superman shit. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's not really Snyder. It's like though. heroic. It's, it's no, I know. Zimmer, right? uh, yes. Right? Yeah. I love Vangelis for this. Um, I, I wish, honestly, I was the movie is such. It's a really, a really arduous watch for me. It's like bluggish. It's just painful. It's just I just I'm bored the entire time. That I don't appreciate the score as much as I should. Yeah. Because the score is quite good. It is. Yeah, that he did not get. And you're actually right about uh, about the DC Universe stealing. Oh, it, yeah. This is like blueprint for DC. Especially the Man of Steel. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. He does it different. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. he does like, uh, he does, it's a diatonic thing. But yeah, but it's very but similar. It's very similar. And the, even the synth work. I mean, that, that, synth, is, that synth work is, is timeless. Like, I could play with his tone I, I could use those tones and write music just with those tones for the rest of my life and be completely happy like i love i love the way that that stuff sounds well, he did uh what scarface too right he did not do scarface he did 1492 he did um sorry what am i thinking of that didn't we didn't we do evangelist movies yeah before? uh we um, talked about him before i can't remember why oh because he did chariots of fire so i brought that up uh because there was a knockoff chariots of fire in mr mom and so i showed the difference between the two i thought we did a um Maybe we did. I, I know we talked about 1492. It's not good. We talked about Chariots of Fire. We talked about this one. He's done surprisingly few movies. Who did Scarface then? I can't remember who it was. It was in my mind here. Sorry, guys. Uh, but that's quite good, too. That's very 80s. That was very 80s, feeling. yeah. For some yeah, reason, I thought it was the same, same guy. But I'm well, they're playing with the same instrumentation that's at the time. Like, you've got the the Mini Moog, which we brought up on the, on the, the last. Scarface was uh, Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, that's not ringing a bell. I can't remember why. Um, that score is great too. Yeah, for some reason, I, I had them both in the same eye. But no, but, but regardless, this Vangel, this score is very good. This movie, and that's yeah. another reason this is not trash. Right, and then some of the shot, like you get the blue tones of uh, of um, a, f- a few places, and I think one is in the room in Tyrell where uh, the guy is um, is asking, you know, trying to figure out whether Leon's a a, um, a replicant or not, and the blue tones of of uh, of Harrison Ford in his apartment. Uh, or actually Harrison Ford, where is he? He's somewhere else uh, talking to the police chief or something. And then you got like the warm orange glow of when you're sitting above the clouds, you've got the crazy architecture of sort of the art deco meets pyramid meets all sorts of shit. I just think that stuff elevates this movie very high. So the, Okay. So the toy maker guy, toy maker guy, the JS, uh, what's his name? JS, uh, Sebastian. Yes. So his, he, he helps. That's too creepy too. So he, all right, he finds Daryl Hannah. Well, yeah, in the trash. That, but yeah, but I think he recognizes that he maybe created her. That's why he would bring her upstairs. No, I mean it's because she's an attractive woman and she looks like she's in need, and he likes to help fix things. Okay, yeah. So he, but but he doesn't make any moves on her though. He just well, he's, he's I mean he's a, he's, he's that of, guy living in his basement. Okay. The two of he's a guy who would like this before. movie. That, um, most people like this movie. You're gonna get you're gonna get bald on this fine. one. Bring it. Yeah, that's fine. Care. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> come at me with your uh, with your Renaissance Fair knives, <laughs> <Your> lightsabers, <laughs> whatever loser thing you're gonna do, and you'll make fun of me for like it's in baseball, and I'll be like, well, you like this movie, so. Well, he recognizes that she's a machine because he builds machines, right? That's why I thought that he recognized her. So he just brings up attractive homeless women all the time. I mean, place, he doesn't or? have a there. He doesn't have a ton of like you know what what he would have expected is human interaction, right? I mean, the guy is probably celibate. <laughs> uh, I, I would agree. So he right. So he brings her up. So. But he works with Tyrell, and he seems to be pretty important with Tyrell because he has he can kind of go visit him whenever he, he wants. Can. 
So in theory, the place he lives should be nice. The apartment itself actually didn't look bad. He has a whole building. Right. Yeah. But the building's leaking when it rains. I guess it doesn't matter to him. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Do you understand like how this movie has like all these well, problems? Well, his apartment's nice, and he has a right, whole building. Right, but his apartment at one point is leaking. And his then he goes upstairs, leaking? it leaks even into his apartment. Like yeah. when we're initially there, it's leaking, I believe. Yeah. And then he goes, and it's like leaking more. And it's like, well, if it's leaking, then you would have... This is the problem, too. They create a world, but then they kind of lose some things. So, like, they have... He goes upstairs, and it's raining, right? And it's leaking on, on his place. Okay, it's not the first time it's ever rained, I imagine. Sure. Okay, so wouldn't you see some sort of residue from all the rain? Mildew? I don't remember uh, it raining in his apartment. I remember it raining in the actual building itself. Like okay, the, but wouldn't the building the have... Stuff. They go upstairs. They go all the way to the roof. Well, it's pretty dark. I don't think we we see... We, I'm in the bath. I know I'm in a bathroom because he... Rutger Howard's head oh, that crashes right, through right. ceramic tile. That's so right. we yep. see stuff. Yeah, we do. But we don't see any sort of rain damage that would, in theory, happen if it had holes in the roof. You can't do, you can't just create mood. See, I you saw, I you have see. to have a brain. No, no. You can't just do mood all the time. <laughs> you really can't. I know you can't. So I don't remember seeing rain coming down in his apartment. I remember seeing rain coming down in the in in the uh, building itself. But the building looks like it has a skylight. It's like uh, it has a um in the lobby. Yeah, basically, yeah. It looked like that was what was crashed right. out cuz he when they were go they the the staircase is almost spiral effect kind of going up. Yep. But in his apartment, it was raining. I, I saw water trickle down. It was the first time I noticed it. Was they, I believe they were in an apartment. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm sorry, but I, I, I made mental note of it. And then they go upstairs. Onto the roof. Well, no, they go upstairs into the bathroom, which is a different, yes, 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 different yes. floor. Yep. Then it's raining quite badly there. The rain, there's no question it's raining in that place. It's rain everywhere on that Maybe apartment. Maybe a different apartment? I don't know. It is I didn't track it. You're not listening to me. Okay. So they're in the guy's apartment. They're in okay. J.S. Sebastian's right. apartment. Then they leave his apartment, they go upstairs. Right. So they're right above him. Okay? All right. So that's a different apartment in theory, but it's abandoned. You're right, because they think he has the whole building. Sure. It's raining like cats and dogs in this place. But yet there's no mildew or anything. <laughs> and if you're going to spend this much time to care about your mood, you can't have buildings that have whole roofs exposed where people live, like a floor below them. It's fucking madness. And you also don't show any evidence of any weather. Like, you can't have your whole movie be about one thing and still kind of fuck it up a little bit because you know what happened was they just didn't care about anything besides like this the the very second the mood is happening the very second you're seeing on screen mm. anything else beyond that they don't give a shit about they don't well, care about character development they don't care about what uh, repercussions are going to happen all they care about is that exact second that you see that frame and there's not a lot of intelligence beyond that when they're making this movie. Yeah, so I don't remember. I, maybe they were right above him or not. I have no idea. I don't remember that. I, I didn't like, you know, I didn't. Well, you know, Brooklyn Howard crashed the bathroom. The, yeah, of you course. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I totally know that. Yes, I know the scene. I know where they were, but I don't know that they were directly above where Sebastian was living. It might be down the hall somewhere. Maybe you tracked that. I didn't track that. Okay. So I'll believe you. Maybe I'm wrong. You could be right. I yeah. don't know. But I mean, The Shining, the same thing. You had the hotel not make sense. Oh, but that's a good. Okay. I'm just saying you're ju- you're still That's justified. Not, you can't, okay, well then you you're saying that the hotel's haunted, right? I mean, okay. we talked about that right. in quite in quite a bit of depth in the show. Well, okay, go back and, and they explain that, why so. the hotel's haunted. They do. Yes, they say it's That's true. That's you know, true. That's they they That's actually true. justify what they're doing. There's no justification in this movie. For, I guess they could have gotten the tarps out or said, "Oh, maybe uh, JS re- reinforced his the ceiling of his apartment. Maybe mm. he does have a lot of money. Maybe it's watertight in his apartment. Yeah. We don't know. You're yeah. right. They didn't justify that. Right. They didn't spend the two minutes. And it's just, but but. But the whole, but your whole point in the movie, the movie is good because of the mood and the setting and the world. But then they kind of fuck up some basic shit. In the yeah, world. but I don't know what we're gonna have them do. Drill up through the. How about don't have it rain in the building? How about we st- just stop for a second? We don't. Not everything needs to be this like pitch black noir. Like we can have some realism. Maybe have them when they get to the roof. It's raining. It doesn't need to rain on them when they're inside. That's true. 
We don't need that. You know, they have all these scenes you don't need. You don't need to have Deckard be retired. Because if you're not going to explain our retired anyway, then don't bother. If you, you know, we don't need to have the guy blackmail him because if, if we're never going to find out why he's blackmailing, I guess don't you have, have to blackmail. I guess you have to establish that he doesn't want to come back and kill his replicants. Uh, yeah, I guess. But I, I, obviously he doesn't mind it if that was his job. So obviously he didn't really, didn't really bother him. Well, have much. you ever had a job where over time you're like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't right for me. I don't like slaughtering people. Sure. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess the same I don't know like slaughtering people, but yeah, I've had jobs. That well, no, like. you haven't slaughtered. I've people. never been blackmailed to come back into them. That would be an interesting story. That would be an interesting, and story. I would probably need some sort of explanation why. <laughs> yes, that's why it's not an A. So there's some holes. You're uh, right. So did you love this movie at one time? Yes. Like, is this like your favorite movie ever? No, 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 one, no, no, or like no, top no, no, ten no. ever? No, 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 no wouldn't no. be favorite. No, what do you? What was that? No, no, it was like sarcastic. No, 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 I was, no, no, I was, I was, I was just like agreeing. I think it's, I think I think it's a a very good sci-fi movie. On rewatch, there's some holes. Absolutely. Did you like this movie b- b- more before you saw it this yes. weekend? Yeah, I would good. say so. In my memory. Good. Yeah, yeah. You're, coming, you're coming around. What do you mean coming around? Yeah. It's still a B-plus movie. So yeah, very, that's not very that great, good. Though. I, I, thought, I thought this would have been a solid no, I, was, I, I, oh, I know You've you talked glowingly about this movie on the show. Yes, because it does. I mean, it has influenced every sci-fi film since then. That's not true. That is every absolutely one. true. Not like, everyone. No, most of the important ones, though. Oh, ones I'll avoid. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, like no sci-fi, there are some things that definitely has some... Some... It is highly influential. No, some major everything. Um, I mean, from influences everything. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It has some major influences. I mean, sure. the costume design, everything. Like the whole visual component of this movie is pretty stellar. From the effects to the way that you know, to the costuming, to the design, like the costuming. Setting, yeah, I like stuff. Harrison Ford, good. like wearing that tie and that goofy shirt. Yeah, and he's got his like collar up, and it's sort of a big kind of. Um, was Buckaroo Banzai? Does that happen after this? It happens after this. Yeah, it's very similar to that too. He's got like that same turned up collar, like big trench coat thing, which is obviously a callback to the fifties. And Sean Young's always wearing some weird clothes too. She is. And very, but, it, but it's also like kind of believable fashion. It's Absolutely. like weird, but it's like not that crazy. It's like, yeah. oh, all right, well, it's stupid, but a lot yeah. of fashion is stupid. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I actually like, I agree with that. I think the costuming was right. Good. And the, and the music as well. And I like the acting. You don't like Harrison Ford. I think he does good. I love uh Rudger Hauer in this. Rudger and really Tyrell. I really like in this and Sean Young. I like this. Of course. Uh, Tyrell is the same as Lord the the bartender. Exactly, and we that have, guy is awesome. He's he's good in this. Uh, I there's also another shining uh, element in this too. At the Who end, I know this is in your version. So at the end, um, Sean Young and uh, Harrison Ford leave the, the town they're in, which is yeah. We don't see that in this one. L.A. Yeah, so he's driving out. Right, they're driving out. Yep, and uh, you see all of this like uh, scenic stuff, mm. and it's the stuff that Kubrick shot for the shining credits. Oh, really? But it's not. It's just B roll. It's stuff he didn't use. Uh, Ridley Scott asked him for that. And uh, Cooper gave it to him. That's crazy. And I, the, the second I saw it, I go... You knew exactly what it was. I, well, I didn't. I'm like, I'm like, this is so... A, it's weird because all of a sudden you see sunlight. Yeah, so exactly. Under, it's way I'm different. Like, I'm like, this looks like the same... Like, I just... Because like, we just seen Shining so recently. So I'm like, this feels like the Shining credit sequence. And then I read it. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, it really was. Because it was that same you know, part of the country and everything. It was just... It felt very... It was like really unique and, and odd. So that was kind of... I actually like that. I was kind of disappointed to hear that that wasn't, I, when I read up, I saw it wasn't on your version. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that. The only thing is, I think that scene is out of place because don't, doesn't it, there's a version, who fucking knows? There's one version <laughs> that they really make it clear that he's a replicant, that he only has a certain amount of time. And mm-hmm. does it, that doesn't happen in this well, this one? this is the opposite. They basically, this one basically says he's not a replicant because the voiceover says at the end, he's like, well, they made her, She's special, so she has as much. She, oh, she has, has yeah. unlimited time, basically. That was um, weird. Which tells me the audience go, the, you know, the audience member that all right, well, 
That means he's got enough time. That means that he also, he, right. either he's special too, or he's not a replicant. And that kind of told me, oh, he's not a replicant. Yeah. But then I, you know. Yeah. Right. So I think the original version, you walk away thinking he's not a replicant. Yeah. You just think that she's special. See, I don't like that as much. I like having it be more obscure. Oh, me so too. The, so in the version that I watched, they get in the elevator and that that's pretty much it. Oh, no, this has that extra, yeah. extra so see, scene. He does see the unicorn yep. down, which is another throw, you know, toss back to him being. Which there. is so like, ugh. It's like the one thing this one guy does, and that's the like you know what I mean. Like it's not like he has a bunch. Of I like almost in, in this. I do too. Yeah, I, think I think he's think actually he's pretty very, good. I think he's so cool looking too. Me too. Yeah, he's, he's super like cool lit really well. Yeah. And, yeah, but like the one thing he does is this like Origami. bizarre trait, which we don't really know why he does it. It's just, I, you don't need to know why. You don't need to justify everything. But <sighs> I think he's a replicant too, and he's trying to speak the same language. And I think oh, he's self aware. I, that, I see. It, I, well, I'm just need, saying they need to do more. They, they, you can't just be obscure about everything. You need to, you need to explain some things in your film. Yeah, it's part of screenwriting. I think that's. I think he's he's saying. I, I didn't know what get you that are. at all. I thought if anything, he had sympathy because he thought uh, maybe that Deckard's a replicant. But then why would he have sympathy if he killed? If his whole job is to kill replicants? I was like, I don't know. And then I got you're in a mental pretzel. Well, their like, their nexus six is two, and they just had he. So you you <laughs> the dichotomy is between Rugger Howard's character who has experienced war, 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 and you have Harrison Ford's character who has experienced. Oh yes, he's a, he's hunting uh, at his career, but you expect that his experiences were a little bit more like normal experience, normal human growing up. Why would you have a replicant killed replicant? Why just have a human do it? Well, because they're. Because the Nexus Six are like six times as strong, six times super as strong. fast. I did do things like that. So why have their lifespan be so short? Burn bright. Yeah, I think it's the way that they were able to to have the, the juice to be so much stronger, so much faster, so much smarter. Like they that takes really, a bunch of. They, really they do ex- talk about that. They, they have in the he, in the gene sequence scene where Tyrell's talking about it. Right. He does explain the, their strength, but they're fa- that's fairly common in sci-fi. I don't know if it's from this and then afterwards, but. You, you, there's the cost to being, you know, superhumanity is you're superhuman as a, as a robot. Like you're mm. going to burn through enough fuel. You're going to age quicker and die. So that, that's, that's fairly, but then the strong young character doesn't have it. Oh, well, it's not your version though. I guess. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what Tyrell is. That's what kind of we're, we're saying is he so he's lying though. He's lying to Rugger Howard and saying he hadn't found a way around it. Cause they're going back and forth. Right. What did you try this? What, yes. what if you tried this? And Tyrell saying, yeah, well, of course we tried all those motherfuckers. Right. Things. But I, but I think he gets around, or we're getting around it by him saying, if you start with this type of genetic sequence, there's no way around it. But he started a, a different one with with Sean. Right. Young. Yes. And it makes like how because he he even asks um, Deckard how many questions did it take you right. to figure out, and it took like a hundred. Whereas with Leon, Leon or whatever it takes a dozen. I don't remember what it was. Right. Wait, you know. So even, you know, she is way more advanced. Now, I don't, I don't think Leon was a six, but still way more advanced. Advanced than, right. Then, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get it. There's some, it's, it's tough, but I think there's always this fine. I, you're right. We need to explain some things, but there's also a fine. There, this is, uh, <laughs> this needs to be further on the explanation scale. And some things that are over-explained need to be less on that. And this isn't, you know, obviously this needs to be further on the, we need to explain some things scale. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And uh, I, I, like how, I, I wish the movie was just, and I think it would have been less, if you have less character, you don't need to explain as much. You know, the world can be more insular. Like, I think if you just showed Rudger Howard's journey from getting off this war tour, maybe show him in, in war, get him off the planet, and then have him come to Earth and right. maybe try to get revenge, but yet he's like, you know, he's also still kind of evil. So you're kind of like, there's some sort of moral 
ambiguity there. That to me is a really much more interesting film. You bring up a really good point. Um, and you reminded me of this to me. It's this, like it's the same issue that you could say with wrath of Khan with the Khan character in the, in the second, um, okay. I haven't seen uh, this movie in a a long time. Yeah. So you don't get, uh, so Khan is a genetically engineered human who is brought off world, um, to, or brought, you know, sent to this as military, like brought to the, uh, and it's, and he's built by Starfleet. So he's part of, you know, he's genetically modified for that. And then the new films, they, they give you a backstory of Khan. That's the one with, um, with, uh, what's his face? Um, Oh, he played Doctor Strange. He played, uh, 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 he played Sherlock um, in those. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. He's, he's Khan in, in the new one. You get the backstory right. in the new version, but right, in, the, yes. in the original, in Wrath of Khan, the second one, you don't. Um, and it's the That's same thing. That's Ricardo Montalban is Khan. Yeah, yeah, is that his yeah. name? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's super cool. I love that guy. Yeah, Fantasy <laughs> Island. Yes. Right. So, uh, so anyway, so when they confront Khan, you don't get that backstory. You're just seeing him do all these evil things. And he's just in the same way that Rudger Howard's, he's justifying it kind of like, well, they built me like this and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make a life for my people, the other genetic engineered folks. Right. So you have this parallel there and the and my same, it's the critique you're making is, is my critique of Khan in, in, uh, in Star Trek two. It's, you don't get enough of the backstory to really start to identify with him. Whereas in the, in the new versions of him, when you bring Khan in, I think it's the second of the reboot. You do get it. You see, you see a lot more. Um, so I get it. I'm with you. See, this made me think of Star Trek as well, but I was thinking Star Trek next generation. And this movie's di- the movie, the dialogue in Boy Run is terrible. It's awful. And the dialogue in Star Trek next generation is so good. It's very, and good. I know it's a TV show. So you have more time to embrace those characters and, yeah. and, and, and kind of, you know, live with them. But it's like, all right, just because it's the future, and I, I brought up earlier in the show, but like, just because it's the future doesn't mean you have to have bad dialogue. You can have people just talk to each other, and you can have human moments, like you know, and not be all weird and stilted. Like dialogue in sci-fi movies in the future are just so weird and stilted. I don't know if it's because it's written by weird, stilted people. I don't. I think you're making a huge generalization there. It's and- a, but it's a trend. Like what, then what, then explain it. Then what well, you're saying, I mean, you're saying I, like the Star Trek movies are all really good and the dialogue well, is generally yeah. pretty good. And that, but they're the anomaly. I'm bringing that because that's the odd, that's the oddity. A lot of these sci-fi movies, the dialogue is very, is, is a mess. I mean, I don't feel like that about Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi, maybe a little bit more. Or, or other, or Star Wars, other Star Wars movies sure, sure are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, the first three are, are quite good, but the the remaining ones really are pretty shitty. Even I agree. And Star Wars, the original, is a it's, very good movie. I, I, yeah. I It's a great movie. I, I love yeah. it. Um, I actually like that more than... But but even that dialogue is, is weird. And if you actually analyze it, it's very clunky. They, they use those names over and over again. It's very strange. They do. Um, but uh, but beyond... But like just sometimes kind of the average run-of-the-mill sci-fi films these they have then it takes place in the future just i feel like it has very odd dialogue i don't know why that is well also you're setting up you're you're making stuff up like you don't know sure. what people are going to talk how people are going to talk like you're well, setting a scene talk like we talk but maybe have different cultural references well, and some and some like in minority report is a good example of that they talk like we thought they do, we yeah. talk i mean that's pretty normal it is. But, oh, but but then you can go the more bizarre route where you have like things like brazil or 12 monkeys though you're set. You are creating a new world um, with a particular, you know, with an artistic. But Monkeys is a good job because it's also time travel, so you can they can juxtapose they the strangeness can. of the future with the modern stuff. Today. So the, then it's yeah. like, all right, well, it's not as clunky, right? But like when it, when you're just getting two hours of clunky dialogue, it's like, all right, like enough. Like I need, I, you know, let's have some regular people in there. You're not going to recommend this movie, though. Oh no, absolutely not. That is absolute thumbs bullshit. down, easy thumbs down. That for is me. such crappily, no crappity, question crappity. about it. it. Took me three nights to get through this fucking movie. 
What's your problem? Eat your this gummies movie, and fucking watch the movie. I, I don't watch movies when I've had gummies. A. <laughs> B. I, uh, no, I just, this movie is just dreadful. Yeah. It really, it really, other than. Dreadful. dreadful. So wait, what are you going to give it? A D plus. Wow. A D. Oh. I said this as well too. You're not listening to me either. But no, I just couldn't believe it the first time you oh. said it. It's a fucking <laughs> crazy take. D plus. Fucking crazy take. And that's it probably is, being generous. It's a B plus movie. No, it's, it's definitely better than Superman. I, I, actually, I thought you were going to give this like a huge. No, 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 no. I mean, I see the difference between something like this in Pulp Fiction or something like this in Jackie Brown or something like this in fucking Road to Perdition. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a different level of filmmaking. Uh, but I wonder, you know, but versus sci-fi at the time. So when was, I mean, uh, the original. Well, it's funny you brought up Kong. It was almost the same I was going to say, right? uh, Star Trek later? 1 was 77, I think. Or 79. Was it 79? Yeah. Oh, we might run. No, it's it's before as well, but you can, we can make the case. We can that, make the case. Yeah, yeah. if we run we might want to because that's that's an interesting movie. No, I I uh, seventy nine. We have a little flexibility. Yeah, cool. Um, but but, this, uh, but I was yeah. But this I was thinking, is, I think uh, Star Trek was eighty one, right? And this is eighty two. Yes, so, like, eighty two. So about the same. Yeah. But you also have the whole backstory. People already know all these char- those characters right. for Star Trek, so it's a harder sell. Like this is really an original. Like what else is this? The, and, like, that, and that's why another reason I'm not giving it trash is like, all right, I know it's obviously coming from a book, but like, it's this, a lot different than the book. But even so, like, you t- you have you know, so The Shining too, but like that's also incredibly creative, it, exactly. And, and like, it's like, all right, this you know, as much as the world annoys me at times with raining in people's apartments, uh, <laughs> and and other you know, people are on Earth or are they on Earth? We don't know. Or some people are there. We don't know. You know, stuff like that is annoying. Um, you can't, you know, when you make bold creative choices, it's you're d- walking a trapeze about a net. You are. So some of those problems, like the ones I'm mentioning, are going to happen in movies that have wild creativity, and they're not going to happen in movies where you're just taking the IP from Marvel, whatever. Because like you, they've had 30 years to establish that character oh, in comics. They've worked tons, out yeah, the kinks, right? Where like you're kind of just fix figuring out on the on the on the fly there so yeah it's definitely a higher degree of difficulty for this than a lot of other movies for sure especially if it's time and they did some things right i know the effects don't if you if you're like 24 yeah. now and watch it it's not gonna look it's still badass like the actually so the first one of the first scenes where they where he's flying i think and you're seeing or you're you're flying above la right mm-hmm. that kind of happens at the beginning and you're seeing some of the flying cars come around you that's not amazing but to see one of the cars take off from the ground level it's pretty it's good pretty fucking good like pretty good it's another this is I, know, I also love it like when when you encounter decker for the first time some this shot is amazing too when when he uh really scott brings the camera down into the city and you're yes. seeing all that this does not look like a cheap movie no there's people all around you're going down and your crowd level and you're seeing all the people in the crowd and you go through you you, you basically the camera goes through the crowd and then you're on decker so you're seeing like that that's a hard a hard thing to make look good this is a bizarre scene I want to talk about. Yeah, what is it? Okay. I don't, I don't know if this is in your version or not. So Decker is about, it's near the end of the movie mm-hmm. and he's in his car and he's about to go somewhere. He almost gets arrested by a cop. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. And the cop's like, and he has to identify himself, which is fine. The cop drives away. It's actually a pretty good effect scene. The cop yeah. goes over him. It's just, it's done really well. So then he's like, as he's talking to the cop, four robbers come by, two little people and two regular sites will come by. They steal something from his, his car. Hubcap. What's that? Uh, yeah, there was a hubcap and then something off his back. Yeah. The back of the car. And then the, the camera just like it hangs on them for a while as they like they roll around on the street and they're trying to pick up the thing they stole. And then the, the movie just goes on. No, but like it's completely unnecessary. Dude, even worse than that. One of the little people takes the thing that he stole off the back of the car, kind of looks like a briefcase and throws it on the ground before he leaves. <laughs> no, why, you, why did you steal it? <laughs> I know. I, saw that too. I was that? like, what are you doing? 
Randley, what are you doing? Like so stuff like that. You're like, what the fuck is happening? This little moment why of levity. even have why even have that in there? So you no have sense. So you have that scene in yes. there. But then you don't want to explain why he's getting blackmailed. Like, what the I, fuck that, is that, happening? I don't movie? know. I'm gonna blame. I'm gonna blame the studio on that one. All right, they sure. wanted to put that yeah. in there. But was it in the director's cut? Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, that's really cool. so that's the I thing. Know. Is, I didn't know. get it either. I don't understand what. <laughs> I don't know what the point was. Like, we know it's a grimy, gritty place where people and are shooting the, each other and stealing the, shit. We don't the, need to see it. We're in the middle of the third act. Like, yeah, like we're, we're done. We've we're established, done establishing stuff. Yeah, we, we get it. We're in the world or we're not. That's why I'm not giving it a day. <laughs> movie, movies, movies, not good. It's Sorry. good. I can't, you have to. I, oh no! Is that, not That's close. crazy. The hot, this is so much. <laughs> this is so much. I'll say it right now. You can even cut this if you want. You're gonna like this. I'm, this, gonna, this I definitely will. I'm, I'm ready. Blade Runner is so much closer to trash than it is to something I would ever recommend. This is um. This is not a good movie. I'm going to just let that hang and let you bury yourself. That will definitely go out as a clip. That's fine. That might be Put the first out. clip. Put it out as right a clip. Right out there in the morning. Blade Runner D plus. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. As an, Okay, wait. You can't see it as an influential movie? Super influential movie? Um, I guess so. Yeah, it's influential. Sure. That doesn't mean it's good. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, those two things, those are, those are two different things. The cinematography things. is quite good. It is. I agree. And you you can't give it more of a do you get I just explained Adam Sandler just, like a B plus movie for that's that an entertaining stupid movie. movie. It's an entertaining movie. It is <sighs> stupid, but it, it it's also okay, Schindler's list, not entertaining, dude. Like hurtful. Oh, but it's beautifully done. Yes. Yeah, but in this in its own way, this is beautifully Rural done. Tradition too. is like, you know, a melancholy movie. It's, it's, that's also entertaining though. I mean, just to see their their bond and just to to live with that character that Tom Hanks character for a while, that's a pretty cool one. The Jude Law, I know you thought it was over the top, but but I but I like that Jude character. Jude Law's, yeah, I Paul Newman stuff to me is Paul I could, Newman, I of course. Used, yeah. yeah. I could have been a whole movie about his character, but Right. Um Yeah, is it it's yes, yeah, influential, but that's that doesn't that doesn't always mean it's yeah, but it's also it's like movie, it's yeah. beautifully shot. Like that, looking at it is it's it's pretty crazy to look at. At times, but you know, two hours of it though in the dark, and it's like, all right, well, at some point, it's not. But I'm just and saying. Also, you've given, in, in fairness, in fairness, to the movie, it's also 2021, so the effects aren't as mind fuckery right. as it was in 1980. So the effects aren't going to blow my mind like no. it is, like it would have then. Right. So it, you know, it's not as impressive. So eventually, you just kind of in the darkness with, I, I mean fairness to the movie but like it, watching it now at some point you're in the darkness watching movies or a movie with old effects and bad acting from harrison ford and a script that sucks and you're like all right what the fuck am i doing here yeah i guess and so you know what i'm doing is i'm gonna go on this podcast next couple days and like i did it. and fucking beat the shit out of it yeah and hopefully ruin matt's day i thought you liked it more i'm a little disappointed i wanted to really ruin this movie your opinions you. don't ruin my day anymore oh, it's too bad <laughs> anymore i like that they did good for a couple episodes oh good I hope they, uh, i'll get i'll get i'll get you back again oh good yeah, good, yeah. No, I mean, I know that you're full of shit sometimes. I mean, I'm not full of shit. That's fine. I explained why. No, you explained why, and people are going to annihilate you. I don't take. care. I know you don't care. I'm just going to say that you are going to be I, annihilated. I guarantee I'll get less hate for this than you did for The Sandlot. That's such a shitty movie. Is that's that? entertaining. That's such a shitty Much movie. Much more entertaining. The mom in that so bad. She's great. She's, she's so awesome. She's, she's so the worst mom movies. ever. She's even, who's even good in that fucking awful Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, she's all right, but but everything else, you know, makes it so bad you don't even notice. Ugh, fucking hate that movie in Sandlot. Should we, uh, you want anything else you want to talk about with, uh, I hope you get more shit for that Sandlot take than you do for me. <laughs> We're just going to leave that out. Oh, of the, out of the promo. We can see you got the promos around here. Should I move on? Yeah. Rosanna.
Is it Christmas? Is it my birthday? Bobby Kimball, could you come on and sing a little something for me, Bobby? I'd love it if you'd just join us, just for like half a verse or so. Just, you know, your dulcet tones. Thank you. Oh, Bobby. All right. All right. I might listen to the whole song. Oh. <laughs> so I lip sync to you. Um, this is uh, the second best song that we've covered. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is maybe one of the top 10 best rock tunes ever made. Ever. It is an immaculate song recorded phenomenally well. Uh, some of the best writing. Um, I could do 45 minutes on just the drums uh, by a just the uh, a band at the top of their game, session musicians who were super influential all around rock and roll from the late 70s through basically the early 2000s. Uh, just a huge run there. And, um, you know, they got together, formed the super group called Toto. And produce some amazing content. This song is corny as fuck. This song fucking rules and you're a goddamn idiot. <laughs> no, I'm not. Corny as fuck. This it song is, is so corny. It is not corny. All the weird space stuff by the end, you're like, oh my the God. The weird space. You mean, oh, you mean all the stuff that then eventually found its way onto Thriller? <laughs> sure. It's not as corny on the Thriller. The weird though. space stuff. You, you're just talking Quincy about- Jones and Michael Jackson managed to, to neuter the, the corniness out of Toto for that. No, there's, there's no corniness here. This is an amazing song. That's t- how do you not see this song as corny? It's it, because it, it transcends corniness. <laughs> this is, this is like so far above corniness. The writing is amazing. The performances are amazing. It's such I a great song. I can see why Rosanna left this guy. Like, uh, well, Rosanna. Okay. So that let, let's start with that. So Rosanna, <laughs> uh, Rosanna Arquette, of course. Yes. So she claim, I mean, there's some back and forth there. She claims that the song's written about her. And there was some of that. Uh, she was dating Jeff Porcaro, the drummer of the band. Um, there were two Porcaro brothers in the band at the time. There was Jeff, who's the drummer, one of the best drummers who ever lived, died too young. We talked about him before dropping dead, a heart attack. He's yeah, like, doing you, his stuff in the car. In, you got you something out with that, though. Well, hold on. We'll, we'll get back. Okay, we'll go back to Rosanna. Right, yeah, yeah, uh, so he's dating there. Rosanna. And, um, yes. and so uh, uh, Stephen Page, who is one of the keyboard players, the other keyboard player is Stephen Porcaro in this band. Page writes the song and she's in the studio a lot, like bringing them stuff. He said, Steve Page says he was writing it as a kind of a composite of several women that, that he knew um, and named it Rosanna because he liked her name. That's, that's what I got from it. What, what, what am I leaving out? Oh no, I was about the, uh, the, um, the drummer dropping dead from a heart attack. Oh, uh, he, well, well. He, was, he was in his garden. And, no, no, no. He was in his garden and he, uh, right. There was like, he had some sort of allergic reaction to, well, uh, yeah, the allergic reaction was because he was fucking cokehead. Are you sure it was all coked out? I thought he, I thought yeah, he, was, the reason he dropped dead is because his heart was so weakened by okay, years well, and years we, of massive cocaine use. Well, there's a little bit of that, but yeah, then there's a lot of that, but then he had a reaction to was even using pesticides. pesticides. Using cocaine. Nah, they did toxicology. Guy, guy, the doctor said no, like it's because Listen. this guy was a, a complete and total coked out of his mind. I know you lunatic I, I know that you want to hurt me <laughs> yeah, i really but, do but don't fuck with me with jeff Porcaro. that's what i know that's what I, I that's not a lie i, I swear to god that don't is, fuck with me with jeff well, that's fine. i mean there's a lot of talented people that do drugs yeah that's right i mean but he's one of them well and, and he's very talented obviously. very talented yeah song, Session i don't all like this place. song but that's not i shouldn't say i don't like it this song's okay it's just so cool it's just so goofy it's hard to get seriously it's not goofy what's goofy about it all the ways it's like it changes and then like and then it the each change oh, becomes corner than the last phenomenal changes they're so smartly <laughs> it's so written weird it's <laughs> and it's just goofy and you have to have the end the robot thing completely like oh i get what they're doing here they're just fucking around they're not what do you mean the robot thing you mean the keyboard solo 
Uh, yeah, near the end. The you mean this? <laughs> you mean human nature? That's corny. <laughs> yes, it's giving me corny. Oh my That's god! A definition of corny. That's fucking amazing. That's it's, human nature. It's amazingly lame. You love human nature. It's a good song. I do like it a lot. That is, oh, that is phenomenal. That is amazing keyboard work of, once again, the Mini Moog, Prophet, uh, the Hammond B3 organ, all combined to make just this beautiful composite. You don't see how someone can find this song corny. Okay, if you think that tonality, if you think those samples, they're not samples anymore, the, that, uh, those, the sound from, from the 82. Song as a whole. If you think Vangelis is uh, corny. No, I don't think Vangelis is corny. It's the same thing. But it's just not the, the way these guys play it and the, the song itself, the whole structure of the song, if you, if you, you can't even, perce- you don't even, you can't even perceive I think this is corny. I can understand if you don't, if you think it's a fun style, if you think that style is corny, then yeah, you're going to think the song is corny. I don't think that style is corny. I also see that no matter what style of music you're writing in, you can write something that transcends corniness. I mean, you have your Jack Johnson. We all know how bullshit bullshit that is. Right. Okay. So I, I mean, he like, you, you, you have these crutches you follow on. Sim so do you. and Jack Johnson. So take, do you live in your basement, and- sci-fi, be, be, be a geek, fucking swords and shit. That, that's your crutch <laughs> too, bitch. Like it's the same, same crutches. Didn't you say you went to a Renaissance fair once? Once. Yeah. I was not dragged sur- by not my surprised. Friend. Yeah. Based on this show. <laughs> Have uh, you ever been to a Renaissance fair? I've not been to a Renaissance okay. fair, sadly. All right. Yeah, it was sad. Uh, yes. No, big, big empty space in my con, life. Though. I mean, it's the kind of same thing. Geek. Sopranos kind of makes me a geek. You're right. You are a geek though. I, I, I mean, I, I definitely like to, I, okay. All so I'm saying is okay. you get into things that I'm you gonna, really like. I get into things that I really like too. I definitely have some things I like that are super geeky. Baseball sim for sure. Baseball sim okay, is Sopranos con one. is not geeky. I'll okay. defend that All from right. the death. Yeah, yeah. You think Sopranos is geeky? No, I'm saying Sopranos con is geeky. I if you're going to go, the dress, up, cast comes you're gonna go dress up like Sopranos characters, like some sort of fluffy. And go I there didn't do that. And, and uh, hang out with Sopranos con. Then Sopranos con was awesome. That was great. That's fine. No, Renaissance fairs, they dress up like Renaissance. Same thing. You know, you go to. the same thing. It is the same thing. It's not the same thing. going to be in character. Would you put on your. Oh, I get to talk about how great Sopranos was Sopranos fans. And then you're talking about elves and orcs and shit running around. I wasn't. Playing a mandolin. Can we get back to this fucking song? Oh, all right. I can't believe it. you suck. Can we, you it's should a pro- fun, goofy song. You should probably just let me do. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll do an addendum to this one with all the awesome stuff that Roseanne is because you're, you're ruining it for everybody who's listening. <laughs> okay. Horny Go song. It. Go for the Matt monologue of, uh, on Roseanne again. Well, okay. So for, let's just talk about the drums. So Porcaro, Jeff Porcaro, Steve Porcaro, uh, Steve Page, the other keyboard player, a bunch of these, and Steve Lukather, the guitar player, all over Michael Jackson and a bunch of other material, right? Um, so they're just amazing session musicians. To do what they're doing on, the, they, they fucking recorded this motherfucker, and most of it in like an afternoon too. It's crazy. The, the, the difficulty level of performing the song is, is nuts. Okay. Poor Caro describes how he wrote this song. He, or how he wrote the drums of the song. And he called it a compilation of the Purdy Shuffle, Fool on the Hill, Fool, uh, sorry, Fool in the Rain, and Bo Diddley. And I was going to go through, like, I have all those things. I know uh, Bernard Purdy is the, uh, who made the Purdy Shuffle. I've mentioned him on the broadcast We've before. talked about him before, yeah. Um, very influential, just, you know, cross styles. Um, he, he's super funny, too. I, he, I've got a, uh, a YouTube video of him talking about creating the Purdy, his Purdy Shuffle, and he's quite entertaining. He's a cool guy. 
Uh, but we do have poor Caro talking about how he composited these things together and in basically a two-minute stretch, he describes how he, he makes all this stuff happen. But I also wanted to play those pieces first before we hear from him. So he calls the the drum a compilation of this is the Purdy Shuffle in Home at Last. Drums on Asia by Bernard Purdy. So there's that component. That's Steely Dan, right? There's the, yep, the Fool oh. in the uh, Fool in the Rain. We talked about this one is an amazing song. This is Bonham doing it. This is a good song. Of course it is. It's that same kind, very similar shuffle yeah, beat, yeah. very similar. Yeah. And what the what it is? It's 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 so the back the the. Structure of a of drums is the kick and the snare. It's kick, snare. What's happening is it's this halftime feel between. The, there's a long space between the kick and the snare, like poof, yeah, right. The backbeat is the gat is the snare. Um, it's what you're supposed to clap on if you're if, if, if you're listening to music. You clap on the two and the four. That's where the snare is. It's the backbeat. So there's all this space. It's poof, gat, elongated space, and there's a lot of things you can do between that space. There are a lot of ways you can subdivide it. You can do it into gat. Boom, 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 into threes like that, or boom, boom, got, then boom, boom, got. And then every single one of those subdivides, the boom, boom, got, or the boom, boom, got, can be subdivided again. There's another layer down. You can go, there's a threes of, uh, there's a three subdivision of that or a two subdivision of that. And the feel of the song is all about how you subdivide those layers beneath the boom, it's 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 how you're you're uh, it's that pull between the two and the three that we've talked to fo- talked about before of whether you are breaking down the beat into dun dun or dun 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 the triplet or the or the duple feel the double feel in those subdivisions and that's what they're playing with in in these in these shuffles so it's full in the rain it's uh it's home at last and it's also this bow diddly uh kick which is the dun 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 bump bump like that uh like the i want candy song very similar so poor carl describes the shuffle he breaks it down for us here so i gave you those examples so you can hear them so that when he talks about it you can kind of understand there i stole that beat from listening to two records one was home at last and babylon sisters which is bernard purdy steely dan records another is the john bonham on a fool in the rain as led zeppelin tune bottom was never better the bernard purdy thing i like to call it the bernard purdy halftime shuffle is basically this you got that the john bonham beat that i copied from fool in the rain this is the kick is different bump bump Bum, bum. That's the addition in the bottom. Two beats together, I came up with my own little kind of hybrid. For Rosanna, I added the Bo Diddley figure. It's a shuffle Bo Diddley figure. Basically. Huge syncopation. Putting them together, this is what it came up with. And that's Rosanna. I, that's great. I actually brought a uh, Jeff Picaro clip as well. If you want me to play that, what you got? Go, 
God, Jesus, this cocaine is great. I sure enjoy cocaine. Oh, time to go write Rosanna. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you got it all out of your That's system now? So, not even close. Really? Yeah. Oh, I expect that the rest of the show. Why? Because it's funny that. That he died of a co- because he, he died of pesticide when he, uh, pept- pest- pepticide. What is it? Pepticide? No. Pesticide problems when he was in his early 40s and we lost one of the best drummers ever. When you put it that way, it's not entirely unfunny. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. I, I think there's, there's some humor there. Like wh- what part? Well, the fact that you didn't say you brought him up a number of times to show you never once said he was a cokehead. Well, they're all cokeheads at the time. Well, Who yeah, cares? That's what killed Who them. cares? That's what killed them. Who cares? They all use drugs. Who cares? If you saw, if you were watching like a, like a movie that had like kind of a funny song underneath it, like a comedy. I'm sorry, I'm not talking. You talk- saw some guy just pesticide and just drops dead. You probably would chuckle a little bit. I'm not laughing out loud. <laughs> You're laughing inside? What is that? Well, What's the difference? I'm, I... <laughs> It's hard to break this down if you're if you're gonna we act can, like that. We can not. break it. No, I mean that. No, I'm done. No, we can keep going. There's I, nothing. There's nothing more to say. I, I'm gonna bring in some some levity. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have some fun with it. Yeah. Not everyone. I'm sure some people enjoy a little little comedy in the show a little bit, a little give and take. Maybe. That's it. No. Yeah. No. I'm, de- I'm oh, dead stop. serious. There's like nothing start- else. I'll do. A, I'll do a supplemental to this where I where I break this down for people oh, who want to hear about. It. There's have- nothing else to say. I don't know. There's nothing Why? else to say because I made a Jeff Ricaro joke about him. Well, he- I'm like in the middle. Uh, I'm I let you middle- go for a while. I didn't interrupt Thank your thing. You. I know. I appreciate that. Well, no, but I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here silent. It's hard to make the it's hard to make the connections with these things because you just have to explain the multiple multiple levels right. of it. Yeah. So it's hard for me to do that in general because you know. <laughs> It's fine. I'm good. No, you're yeah, like good. I'm no, good. keep going. No, no, I'm not, people, no, no. people like. I will do a supplemental version where I talk about and this do song. What? Where no, gonna, I'll just talk. I'll where are you gonna t- put I that? will talk either on YouTube or I've done other stuff on YouTube before. We have a YouTube, or I'll put, or I'll, maybe I'll do a supplemental somewhere else. Oh, it's come fine. On. Don't even worry about it. It's I fine. Can't, I, so I can't tell jokes during the music segment anymore. You can. Obviously, I, I can't. No, you are combative about this song the entire way through. I wasn't. I said it's a fun, goofy song. It's incredibly corny. It's one of the corniest songs we've covered in the show. Okay. I, but I, so I, but I, it's just, it's stupid for me to talk about the nuance of his strike or like ghost notes and shit after you're talking about this. It's just, it doesn't like the, the connection is, is no well, longer there. Re, 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 yeah, if I can talk, we're reviewing the song. I know we are reviewing the song. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's well, what, you are reviewing him like dropping dead of, well, uh, I'm having some fun because you just went, we went like a couple minutes about any sort of, you know, should have a little, well, okay. Kind of mix it up a little that's fun. Fine. That's fine. It's my fault then. It's, it's not anyone's fault. It's your fault <laughs> if you quit. It's, it's it's there's nothing more from it. Like I don't know. I can't go from. I can't go anywhere from there. It's of course okay. You can. I cannot. It's okay. I'll do a so, supplemental and I will talk. So about you can't it. go anywhere after a Jeff Picaro impression, which is quite good. I thought it was very good. Yes. Thank you. No. I, this is. I feel like this is a complicated topic, even for me to discuss because it's hard. It's just hard to. It's hard to explain some of the nuances of this. It's hard for me to explain some of the nuances of it. And now I just feel like it's broken. Like it's gone. Dead. So you like so, okay, Carl. so let me just I'm gonna put myself in your in your shoes for a second. You expected me to just sit here silently for twenty minutes while you talked about that's why drum saying, strikes? That's why I said it's my fault. But what did you think was gonna happen on the show? I don't know. I thought maybe well, if you liked the song it would be a little you'd be more interested in some of the intricacies of the stuff. And and I know you're but not, not gonna sit here for twenty minutes silent while you talk about it. It wasn't twenty minutes now, was it? No, no, it was but you, you said you had extra stuff. About. No, I know, but you like I, I, I wonder what though. the ex- expectation is. I guess was. we don't know because I didn't go for twenty minutes. But that's what I'm asking you. We don't know. Oh, we'll so never know what happened. You're not going to answer the question then. Well, I, no, I'm not expecting what you did to you, be. What did you of expect? course, I'm not expecting you to be quiet the entire time. So what do you expect me to do? Ask questions, seem interested, ask questions that would further the conversation. Like, 
kind of like what I do during the movie stuff. Like when I prepare for the movie stuff, it's more than just a surface, you know, element level of some of the backstory of it and how I feel about it. I don't know if you missed it, but I got the backstory of Picaro being a cokehead. Yes, but that is not, that is very little to do with the song. That's what I'm saying. I'm not just talking about the, you know, the wiki shit of the, of the, of the oh, fucking movie. album. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I mean, I, I listened know. to the song a number of times. I right. watched the video. But if you're, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not right, like, it's like, I know, but there's I, some, there's constructive elements of this song. I'm too, not, that, I, there, and if you're not interested in it, then that's okay. I didn't study music theory, Matt. Most of our I, audience didn't either. I know, but there's ways to get to be interested in the fundamentals of this stuff without having studied all that stuff. And that's part of what I'm doing here is trying to explain some of that stuff. So you get it. So you can see why I have joy in this move, in this music, why it's superiorly nuanced and amazing. But it's your job to explain that joy to me. It's I not am. my job to understand the joy no, but it's your, but off, without, without you explaining it. You're absolutely right. You're totally right. And if you're not interested in doing that, then that's fine. We can move on. That's all I'm saying. I never said I was interested, interested, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not just going to sit here and just not say anything for 20 minutes and not have have fun. Wasn't 20 minutes and no one's expecting to. I know, but but if if you had gone on for your entirety, I'm guessing it would have been roughly that. Don't know that. Well, I wasn't just going to be cute about it. No, it is never me too. We have never been in a scenario where I have just talked straight for 20 minutes. That has never happened. No, but I, that's why I'm, I, I agree. That's why I'm like asking you, what, what was I supposed, what did you expect me to Be do? Be interested in the music or the stuff that I was talking about, not, uh, not you know, call back to a poor Caro's drug habits. <laughs> I mean, you could just be interested I'm in the guessing, song. I'm guessing there's quite a few people that enjoy the, hardcore music elements. Yep. I'm, I'm just saying, saying that I don't enjoy uh, not being able to talk about some of the nuanced but stuff. But you have it. Cha- so I'll tell my joke and you go back to it. Like that's how, that's how it works. It works sometimes like that today. It didn't work like that. Oh, well, that's that on way. you, though. Oh, of course it is. That's no, what I said. Then, it's my fault. No, but if, I mean, you, I, I'm like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to interrupt you. So, you, you know, I, I have my joke and you go back to what you're doing. It's kind of the given. When I explain these We've things to so you, I know that you're not interested in it. So it's harder for me to talk about this stuff because I know you're not interested in it. Uh, music theory stuff. I, I'm, it's hard. It's okay. So I'm, I'm not a trained musician at all. I've tried a couple of times to learn. I don't have anywhere near not not even anywhere near the town i have nowhere near the town like a sixth grader has playing you know I, you it's sixth grade would have blow, blown me blowing the doors off what i can do as an adult i'm just not musically trained i have a hard time kind of understanding a lot of it yep so some of the stuff you do explain i do get some of the stuff i, I don't yeah um but the things that you don't react, get you honestly always, but the things that you don't you could always ask oh i don't understand what that means say it because i'm sure the audience feels the same way i do i try to so yeah. i just i move on normally because right. i i don't know i don't know what your your no, comprehension no, I, I tried I, I always try to Pipe, pipe, you know, I, I understood. I mean, I understood. You, you explained it. He used three different, um, you know, Bo Diddley, the Led Zeppelin yep. guy, and uh, the guy from, uh, from yeah, Dan, yep. And uh, he he used all three and combined to make a drum. So I understood what I understood what happened. I just thought it was time for a little levity. Like we heard you say it, we heard Jeff Picaro say it, and it's time to tell a joke. Just to enter, show it, fun. And then you go back to your music <laughs> stuff. No, but then people kind of get what, you know, I'm guessing everybody kind of get what they want. The people who love the music theory get that. People who are like, ah, you know, I, I want to laugh, get a little laugh, and then you can move on to your music theory again. Yeah. I'll try to tell another joke. Probably would have been another Picaro joke. Didn't work today. That's fine. Didn't work today. Oh, that's, my fault. That's, that's, that's bullshit. That's definitely my fault. That's what the, you're saying. You, you don't mean that. You think it's my fault. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're going to say it. You're going to, you won't take any responsibility for that whatsoever, and that's fine. I get it. That's totally my fault. I'll take responsibility for not, um, I'm not. I don't have, I don't have like the brain for music theory. Like I don't, or not music theory. I don't have the brain for like that's learning like notes it's, and stuff. It's just how you, that's fine. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you but are. you could also be, you could also be interested or try to fur or further the, further I the always try. I think I do a pretty good job. I try, I always try to like, anytime you see something I don't understand, I always ask like, what's a vocoder? Just in yeah. a recent episode, I always try to, um, 
fill in the gaps for us, those of us who are listening or wow. that don't understand, that don't have the same education you have with it. So I definitely try to do that. Um, but I also think it's kind of my job to, especially where the music segments can be a bit more of a lecture than the movie ones. Movies are a bit more conversation. Music's a bit more of a lecture. So to pipe in with some, <laughs> some love it. No, but I mean, I'm guessing some people enjoy that. Maybe some people don't. Maybe some people find me obnoxious. That's fine too. Maybe some people think both things. It doesn't, that's fine. Uh, but I think it's your job to then go back to doing the music thing that you do that people like. They sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Today it does not work. That's what I'm saying. So where can people find this amendment you're going to do? I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll figure it out and put it out there. I already told you that I could do it on YouTube, which I've done before. Uh, you can do whatever you want. I just, I, know I, I, just, I thought we'd promote it. If people were going to listen to that, if people want that, then they're going to go. We'll promote it after I've created it. Like I haven't done it yet. So I, how do I know where it's going to go? I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought you had a, I don't know. I, I was hoping you had, I was hoping we could promote it on the As show. As I said, kind of like YouTube is a place. Well, during the next episode, that's not the Patreon. We can, we can promote it. Okay. On the show. Uh, so what what uh, what were you doing? At the time? I can't believe you're bagging out of the music thing. You're bagging out of it. Like you're just <laughs> you more are. of a lecture. Do you ever ask yourself why it might be more of a lecture? Like I actually like I study, think about. You know, it's not. There's I try. Do you ever think about why the movies are more conversational? Well, they're way more. I mean, there's well, a maybe bigger. I frame it in that way. Maybe I come up with five or six bullet points that make it so it's fun to talk about for everybody. Maybe you do. But I also come up with bullet points to talk about too in the movie. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was two, it's more of a two-way street is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I mean, I, I, I go out of my way to try to find things that will kind of create conversation. Music thing is, you're right, is different because A, a song is harder to analyze because it's four minutes. It's just harder. Right. And then, um, you know, you, uh, I think you enjoy talking about music theory and stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of our audience likes it. The only way to describe, like to tell people why, to like give the why is if you give them some of the nuance to the, to the theory stuff feels this way why other than we don't have that there's no way to describe it so we're gonna have to do it that's fine just not today okay. i think i think you're all right that's fine yeah you want to do it you want to do it yep that's fine where were you uh I, I was in uh i was in long island uh we had just recently moved to deer park um which is basically we do a dart in the middle of long island you'd, you'd hit deer park um uh which was it was a good it was a it was an interesting place to live. My house uh, uh, was built in the 30s. Uh, the, the rest of the neighborhood was built in the 70s, so it had kind of a unique look to the rest of the neighborhood. You look more Victorian? I don't say Victorian. It was a very like, odd-looking house. Like peaked roof and shit? Uh, maybe I'll post a picture. I have a picture of it. I went, so I went by recently and took a picture of it. So it looks mm. different now. It was red when I lived there. Now it's white. Um, there used to be like woods in the background. We had like half an acre in the back which is very odd for but because it was built so old it had a strange property yeah um but they they cut those the, the people that bought the house cut the woods down and made it kind of a bigger yard back there they kind of so it doesn't doesn't look at all like the house i lived in but at least you can see the bones and how it's kind of an oddly shaped house um and uh i really uh i i think deer park was was it was cool because i mean right in the middle of the island you're 20 minutes or less than that to the beach and then you know you're there's no traffic. You're relatively close to the city, you know, 45 minutes, you know, maybe even co- shorter than that if you can hustle to and have, but you know, it's never that fast. Right. You jump on the line railroad. Um, so it, w- it was interesting. But uh, the problem is when you're that far out there, you never really go into the city. My dad like worked in the city. So he never wanted to go into the city. So my entire childhood, like the city was like going into, I go into in with him a lot to work, but we very rarely went in as a family to do anything. I remember one time I went and saw the empire state building, uh you know went to a couple like yankee games like but we never really went in the city my dad was like uh, 
just didn't want and that's why we moved to new hampshire I mean, right you know, yeah yeah just, just didn't want to didn't want to deal with that um but uh my neighborhood is very much like the one to years neighborhood like it was like uh is that where they were uh they were in new york he's a jets fan Kevin oh Arnold, yeah, jets yeah, fan. So yeah i think yeah, they yeah. were on the island yeah. um but uh but it was very much like that like a bunch of kids in the neighborhood were all around my age it was a bunch of uh it was one girl but almost all boys like seven boys were all like within like a year of each other which is really just a coincidence because yeah. it wasn't like that big of a neighborhood but and it was just like we you know we play you know until the light street lights came on we would hustle back home um no you'd have you know you fights with somebody it wasn't a, it wasn't like this like you know pollyanna world yeah, right. you'd have like you know but like for the most part though it was, it was it was a very interesting kind of a cool way to grow up so when i went to new hampshire i was i moved to a dirt road where there's no one my age in the whole road you know like this kind of sucks i'm used to just walking out of the door and having all these friends yeah. around um but uh but, you know they moved they moved there obviously because they had me you know they lived in my parents lived in in queens uh they lived in long beach before they had me and then they lived in jackson heights uh i guess right before i was born until until i was born uh and then when i was about uh two they moved to to deer park you know so i have i have a yard and i go to you know uh Island schools are quite good yeah things like that so um but I, I loved living there. But I'll 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 throw Laura a picture. We can throw it on me. Throw it on the Instagram um, of of what the house looks like because it's an odd house. But it was a, it was a, it had a it had three bedrooms upstairs. Uh, had the one bathroom because it's an older house. Yeah, uh, yeah. Had the one bathroom upstairs, and then uh, it was um, we had we had coal was the heating source. Oh my first. god! You had to shovel that shit. Uh, I don't remember what my dad did, but there was coal down there. It was only for a very, very, very short time. Like a, you get a coal chute. They dump the coal into a chamber down there. There was and- a whole, like the whole, like a quarter of the basement was just coal. Jesus. And uh, my, I, I guess I was like two around this time. I, and I asked my dad if I can go play in it. <laughs> yeah. And my dad said, sure. My dad was like, oh, really? Whatever the fuck I wanted. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I went and played and I got covered. And my dad thought it was very funny. I was covered. I was just covered completely. Like my clothes. I, was I just bet. Covered in coal. And I uh, took pictures and, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, waited for my mom to get home and then, uh, like showed it, showed her to me. And my mom was just like, what, what, what is you, happening? What and you know, finally gave me a bath. But, uh, but yeah, anything I wanted to do, my dad, that was funny. I, you just let me go do, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but they got rid of the coal. I don't know if we even ever used the coal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like they, they changed the heating. Oh, my parent, my parents changed the heating in the house. So it's fairly like oil Maybe they had coal for a year. I mean, I don't know what they would have done with the extra coal. They must've used you, it. I guess. I don't sell know. It or, yeah. Or yeah. I don't know what happened, but right. I don't remember like the coal truck coming to the house. Like that never happened yeah. in my memory, but I know there was coal down. There's pictures of it. It's me covered in it. Like this coal. Right. Weird. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. But this old house and I don't know who lived there before us. I'm sure. My mom does, but, um, but yeah, the, the, but we had a little, you know, typical, typical house, you know, living room down here. The inside of the house wasn't as odd. The outside looked very odd. Uh, and then the basement, um, I had coal for a portion, but then we'd end up changing, I, I think to oil or something. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, but I, yeah, but I, uh, but it was, but it was old, it was old, but everyone kind of looked at it as an like, old house, but it was funny then to come to New Hampshire where, you know, some people have houses hundreds of years old. Right. And yeah. then obviously our house like that in Long Island, but just kind of few and far between because, you know, so much of Long Island is basically post-war because that's when the suburbs, suburbs kind of blew up. And so there are, you know, there's not a ton of houses that were built before, 1946 right. you that know uh but you know if you come to new hampshire you know oh, you know drive I mean, for 10 minutes and you'll see a bunch of yeah my new marketplace was like 1820 or something wait about the restaurant yeah the restaurant the uh that building, that building? Was, yeah like yeah something like that yeah really yeah. old and you probably i'm sure you lived in houses probably i, I know i lived in a <sighs> i lived in an old victorian uh in dover for a year i was trying to think of the oldest house that that, that that's, old, that was definitely the oldest that new market was the oldest. That was the oldest, yeah. yeah. Uh, but my buddy, one of my buddies lived in Candy in an old farmhouse that I think was even older than that. Huge old farmhouse. Um, it was older than that. 
1700s. We almost bought an old house. It would have been about 100 and built. They say built 1900, but, that, but we had the inspector come. He said really 1860, but there were just so many problems with the house. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a good fix a guy. I'm about as good as music theory as I am at fixing things. And uh, so I, I'm not, I'm just not talented in that way. So uh, we would have been so, I would have had to call someone to fix it. Like I wouldn't. Right. It's, it's not worth it. And the inspector made a good point. He's like, unless fixing houses is your passion, I would not recommend getting this house because, yeah, you know, if you love doing it, then great. Then you'll, then this house could be really something special. But if that's not your passion, then you're just going to, you're going to end up hating the house. Yeah. I think about the new market house was, it, it was such a fortress. It was the whole thing was granite and we gutted everything inside top, you know, downstairs, upstairs. So it didn't matter. You know, everything inside was new. All the, the old stuff was, was rock. So <laughs> it wasn't going anywhere anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, at this point in my life, I'd never live in an older no. house. They're just, they're uneven and they're creaky and they're, you know, there's just, there's always stuff that you have to fix. Yeah. Even completely gutted. I don't even care about the charm that much. I'd rather, I'd actually rather a, like a colder house. I've always enjoyed like a more modern yeah. Yeah. Uh, living experience than, uh, than I ever did. I guess I lived in some old apartments in New York, but oh, sure. they were, they were pre-war. They were built in 20th century, but I right. definitely lived in something built in 19th century in Dover and, it was old, like you said. It was just, it was super uneven. Yeah, like you know, it didn't have like I lived in the top floor, so you know I had air conditioning, but it was just like you know units you throw in there. But like the unit doesn't quite fit in the window because exactly. the windows are old. And then it's just like it's just like hot. Obviously, top floor anyway, so it's hot, and then it doesn't circulate right. Yeah. The appliances are just you know obviously you can always get new appliances, but like they never quite. It's just nothing it ever just fits fit. right, and yep. like nothing's in its right spot. Like I remember the fridge was kind of in an odd yeah, spot yeah, yeah. because it was built before a refrigerator, so. Um, yeah, it was just nothing quite, I don't know. I just don't, and I know some people love the old houses. Like I said, I love the charm, but I don't, I'm not a big and If I was a fix it guy, I could see it being a really fun project because you always something to do is always a way to improve your house. You sure. could really build some real equity if you really built that yeah. house up nice. If, like, if that's something that. you love to do, then that's awesome. But like for me, I just, that's I just not a skill set I have. No, 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 really interest. But, no interest in that. But yeah, I was all around, but, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we, we probably moved there pretty recently. So that's, you know, it's two. So that's what I was saying. Um, uh, headlines. We are in June 20th through 26th, 1982. Um, so three pretty big things happened this week. Uh, John Hankley was found not guilty in the shooting of Ronald Reagan and three others due to reasons of insanity. What'd they do with him? Uh, they put him in a sane asylum. Yeah. Uh, the, studi- the shootings were back in March of 81. So this is, you know, a year, over a year later. Uh, he's actually out. He was released in 2016. What the fuck? He, yes, it's crazy. Uh, they, uh, they said he was rehabilitated. He's, he lives with his, he's 66 years old now. Uh, when they let him out, he had pretty, like he had pretty strict requirements. Like he couldn't, cause remember he did all this cause he was obsessed with Jodie Foster. Yeah. He, he was going to try to kill Jimmy Carter. Um, but, uh, uh, time new president. Got, what's that? But new president, but time got away from him. So yeah. then, you know, Reagan, right. Reagan's been yeah. president for like two months. And then he just kills him instead, but he just wanted to get the attention. Shoots of Jody him Foster. And said does not kill him. I'm oh, yes. sorry. Shoot him. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, he, you know, killed Jim Brady. Um, eventually Brady oh, fuck, that's right. was in a wheelchair and then died, you know, 25 years later. Yeah. The Brady bill, of course. He right. was he paralyzed. He was, yes, he paralyzed, was paralyzed yeah. and he had major health and he died. They said because of, uh, you know, the I'm, shooting. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, they, when that happened, they changed Hinkley's, uh, like record it being a homicide, but they couldn't try him again because he already got tried. Double jeopardy. Yeah, and they said because of reasons of insanity, so that kind of clear, so it didn't matter that Brady died, you know. Other than yeah. now, I guess Hinkley's a murderer, but um, oh, you know, myself, it matters Brady died, but it didn't matter he died in the case of, of Hinkley. course, yeah. Uh, but they let Hinkley out in 2016. They said, but here's the rules: you have to live with your mom, who the mom must be like. I mean, she's going to die at some point. I know. 
he's been trying to get out on his own own like his like just to be but he also like couldn't do it his web browser he couldn't um like uh basically uh bother jody foster at all like no interaction well, at all yeah like there was, he had a uh, requirements but one of the things that was fucked up was like i guess the state was supposed to check in on him and like they hadn't checked on him in a while oh they're they're not good at this so like i guess he's just living his life I mean, I could totally. <sighs> he has stuff on YouTube, I guess. He has. He plays oh. music. You should do, oh. Maybe he does music theory. You do talk to him. You could do a show with him. Might be better. It might be, I'd probably be happier. Uh, but yeah, he actually does like songs and stuff. Today, I'd be happier. Yes, yes I'm sure you would. I, yes, that's you, man. Uh, sure. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, well, who will see? Like, <laughs> we'll you, see. I mean, the crowd's going to come to your defense on this. Pretty much, yeah. You're gonna. You're not going to come out smelling like roses on this one. But that's okay. That's okay. Not every show is going to be your best show. <laughs> I think I'll be fine. I'll get some shift my Blade Runner take, but I don't think my. Uh, we'll see. Bringing some levity to a to a to a lecture. Some levity okay. trouble to a lecture. Yeah, yeah so, we can categorize it that way. Uh, but so he. Where, so where is he? What is? Does he live in New York? Living, I live? think. So uh, well, only anyone knows because no one checks up on him. But like, <laughs> yeah, I guess he's on YouTube. I guess he does like these songs. I guess he's still living with his mom. That's that's crazy. But he, he has been trying to like uh, to get like to be on his own. I mean, and eventually taxpayers are going to put the bill for him living too, if they're not right now. You know what I mean? They're going to, they're going to like pay for his social security, his housing, all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know what he's eligible Crazy. for. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how all that works. Well, is that or he's going to live on the street? I mean, you're going to put, him I, I don't street. know if his parents have money. I don't know what his situation is. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a situation like he had been, I believe he was institutionalized before he was treated for depression and some mental illness before all of this stuff. And then sure. he just like descended into the Jodie Foster madness. And then, uh, but like, it wasn't like he was ignored, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Uh, that same day that Hinckley was found not guilty. Prince William was born. Yeah. Um, Prince Charles was quote over the moon. It was interesting reading the article. Uh, they had a, cause they hadn't announced a name yet. And they guessed a bunch of names like Edward or Charles. And they got all the, no one guessed William. Yeah. Um, uh, you could see already like they hired a nanny, but the nanny was like, ha- had nothing to do with the Royal family. Like you'd see princess die kind of Starting like trying to, to separate. Yep. And I guess typically prince like princes who were like the heir of the drone always lived in the server's quarters. Hmm. I don't know why, uh-huh. uh, but Diana insists that would not going to happen. Okay. And he would, he actually lived with them. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, a mom of course yeah. and stuff, but, but you can see like how, you know, you figured they only been married for a time. And, um, but she was already kind of like, no, like all the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then four days later, Alexander Haig resigned as uh, Secretary of State. Uh, George Schultz took over, and he actually was the Secretary of State for the entirety of uh, the rest of uh, Reagan's, Reagan's term, uh, yeah. two terms. But Haig was interesting. Haig was uh, was in Nixon's cabinet. Um, he uh, there was some sort of rumors he had some Watergate involvement. Nixon said they asked Nixon when uh, Haig was running was uh, being uh, nominated for Secretary of State. They're yeah. like, "Is there anything on these tapes that we haven't heard that one day would?" Come up, yeah. Kind of fuck Haig here. That would be, be a problem. And uh, Nixon said, absolutely not. Like, Haig had nothing to do with it. And he said that in 1981. So it wasn't like Nixon had a lot to hide. Sure. He already been pardoned. So uh, he's like, no, he had nothing. You know, nothing died. Uh, but uh, but Haig, though, probably most controversial for after Reagan got shot by Hinckley, he was Secretary of State. Not Speaker of the House, Secretary of State. Yeah. George... Uh, Bush, the elder, was... Uh, Vice President. Right. And it wasn't available for that day. I forget why. Um, he was traveling, I believe. Hay goes on TV and says, I'm in control now. Oh, wow. Yeah. What he, what he, how he frames it was, he meant to say like, I'm in control of like the federal branch of the government. And 
you know, until Bush gets back and like things are being taken care of. Right. Yeah. But Tip O'Neill would be next in line. Yes. And then he was speaker of the house. And then it's the president temper of the Senate. Right. Or, who was a Republican. I forget. I forget who it was now. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it was some, right. But it goes down. The, so from the cabinet from the, he might be fifth in line then or something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But like it wasn't. No. And also like, it's also like Reagan just got like, just got shot and say like, I'm in control now. It's yeah. like, this is bizarre. It was just really bad timing. It wasn't said right. And he got a lot. I mean, he was answering questions about that in, until he died. I mean, it was just the most famous moment of, of his life. And so he resigns a year later. Um, a lot of it be- was because the I'm in control now. I mean, he couldn't get past that. That was just kind of it lived with him until he died. The other thing was he was having some, him and Reagan never really saw eye to eye. He was the last person Reagan uh, kind of had added to his, the cabinet to this cabinet. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was ever really young ho on the idea of Haig. Uh, and I think it's really evident too, like when Schultz came in, like Reagan and him just saw eye to eye. Yeah. And like, obviously until, I mean, I think Schultz even spoke at, I think didn't, wasn't Schultz at George W. Bush's funeral? Oh, I don't know. And, Cause Schultz just died. Schultz died uh, a couple months ago. He's a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Seems and he, shit. And he was like pretty like mentally, like active until I, I remember seeing him like talk about Trump and stuff like on shows. Like he was like, like he's he, pretty there. Yeah. Mm. Like in, until, and I want to say he was there at, but yeah, he was obviously nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the 90s, right, right. Right. I mean, he's still so, talking. Yeah. So, um, but I believe he struck up a real, real friendship with, with Reagan, especially. And, and they really seemed to, that, that, that relationship really seemed to work well. And I think Reagan Haig never, and I think the, I don't think you ever get past me like that. You come now, on in that moment. That's a complete blunder. I mean, I, you know, hopefully, I don't remember, but hopefully he would have said, I just meant that like, there's no, you know, there's no thing, you know, we're still moving. Like we're, we can handle it. He did later on, but it wasn't but until the no, smoke settled. Yeah. Like that wasn't, you know, in that moment of crisis when, you know, the president yeah, got I shot. Misspoke. Like, I don't right. know if he fell on. Oh yeah. I just misspoke. I didn't right. mean it like that. But like, <laughs> I guess it didn't work. No, it's a strange thing to say. And it a is strange, strange time. Thing. Yeah. Um, I've got the helm. Yeah. What's that? I've got the helm. Yeah, Something. right. Like, I'm in control now. I'm in control, I'm in now. control now. Like, what a bold statement to say. So, uh, yeah. So that was a. Uh, yeah, that is weird. Ah, people say funny stuff when they're. Or they, or they don't. Or they don't finish. Uh, yeah, their well, music sequences that people wanted to hear about. They don't. People are gonna be sad. People, people, people are gonna be upset. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they're gonna blame you. I doubt it. We're gonna find out. I don't see how they're gonna blame me for this. Okay, I know you wouldn't. Well, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> I, I will admit when I'm wrong. No, I don't. Not, not really. Not when very. Do I not, not admit, when have I been wrong that I haven't admitted? Oh, well, today is a good prime right, example. Beyond today. I, I don't know. I'm not yeah, going to go through. Right, well, let's right. not go down the list. Right. Let's down the list. <laughs> no list is what I'm saying. I, I, I think I'll, I, I'll say when I'm wrong. I'm, I think I'm pretty good about that. Maybe you disagree. Apparently you do. That's uh, fine. Today I do, yeah. <sighs> I, all right. That's, you do, uh, last chance. Nope. So we're back tomorrow. Oh. With uh, what are we doing? We're doing the uh, the, thing. the thing and Ebony and Ivory, and Ebony and Ivory you, which was number one that uh, that this week. And maybe maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we will. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a deeper discussion we'll, we'll about what we do on the show. It'll be a few days before we we do cover it. So maybe I'll maybe I'll think about it a little bit. Two days Two in days. real time. Oh, Tuesday, right? Yes, Tuesday we, we do it. And, and uh, me and you are taking a long drive to Madawaska. That's gonna be no. We're fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. Play Toto like on blast. All oh, the way. that's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> no, so we right. So we're. We're way ahead. I don't even know. Yeah, what, this is going to come out after Madawaska. People, people will know if you've killed me or not on that drive. I'm not going to kill you on the drive. People will know how Madawaska went, though, by now. Yes. Ugh, as I'm producing that show. We'll see what happens. Scary. 
Yeah. Live show. Yeah, I mean, no, but, but yeah, a, but you do, you've done so much KMS though. Like that, no, those I are know. all kind of live shows. Live. I guess the only difference is like, you're right. You're not in a studio. That yeah, to me stuff. is the scary thing. It's like, all yeah. right, well, totally different all environments. All these extra things to worry about. Right. And who even know? There might, who knows? Like, and I might you, have to do you said on KMS, you said like how Saco was easier because they ha- already have kind of that infrastructure they there. They do, where this is in, in like a park right. near a beach have or something. speakers and stuff yeah. there. So you're like, all right. It's well, all being brought in. Yeah. Um, there's only so much control I have. But I, I think, uh, I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be good. But you never know. There's always the excitement of, of the unknown when you do something live. People will find out. People will find out. I'll find out. Yep. You'll be there. I will. That'll be good. Um, so well, I, think already have, I already would have been there. You would have been there. <laughs> right. Anything else? That's all I got. I think that's it. Bye.